Strike Report on the Truth Net Radio Network, and uh, the two hosts are uh, Doug Owen of BlacklistedNews.com and me, myself, Michael Vale of uh, Thought-Criminal.org, and we are with Alan Watt of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, a radio show host in his own right on RBN. And the topic is the enslavement grid, this neo-feudalistic enslavement grid where we are being reduced down to the point of being peons on a global plantation or being global sharecroppers. And let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the shape and format of this enslavement grid. It seems that uh, so many people live in compact cities. No one really lives in the rural areas, areas anymore. It's like we're all in this uh, 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 global, uh, I don't know what you call it, a, a sort of uh, a, a global community uh, where we're all behind these little uh, gated communities and uh, no one wants to talk to their neighbor but let's talk about what, what's coming next and, and some of the things that will take place that uh, when when you know that this enslavement grid has is really wrapped around our necks. Well, you're definitely going to see uh, in the future rationing coming, and that'll be part of it all. Remember, this, this is a war. We could understand it's a war, but they, in their higher meanings, it means a war on the public of the planet, you see. And in all wars, you have refugees, for instance, and those refugees or people flooding into the cities will be forced into the cities through economic uh, inabilities to, to purchase the gas that they used to use for travel. Uh, food will be made more expensive unless you grow it yourself uh, outside. And that's going to be forbidden eventually, by the way, without special licenses to you grow your own, own crops. And they want you all into these super cities. And as the United Nations had talked a few years ago about the creation of super cities, and from then on, you saw the amalgamation of the main cities with all the smaller ones that they, they, they were next door to. That was the creation of super cities, which are the new habitats for the peasantry, because because there's to be two or three different classes of habitat areas for the elite wealthy ones that already have uh, sales uh, for them in habitat areas, very expensive homes, uh, all the mod cons, solar panels, etc., everywhere. And they will be for the high-level bureaucrats and so on that won't live with the people, and maybe some of the, the, the higher levels of police, etc., that will be necessary, and teachers to keep the system going. Like Stalin said, you must first of all uh, grab the minds of the young, because this is an on-growing project. So you must pay the teachers well, give them a better living standard. Then you go for the military and police, and and and, and then your higher-level uh, bureaucrats. So they will be living apart from the rest of the public within these cities, which will eventually resemble uh, a soil and green, soil and green scenario, the movie, 
with Charlton Heston, everything will be rationed, and it's not the end of the story. We always think there's some sort of end to this. We are the never-ending story. We are the building material for the scientists to then go ahead and create different kinds of humanity uh, over a 100, 200, even 500-year period to serve the elite better. Uh, new individuals that will be specifically designed for their tasks. And Plato talked about this 2,300 years ago, the creation of specially purpose-built humans for the specific tasks. And they've gone further, of course, with genetics. That's why the drive for genetics has been going on, not to cure any disease. They, don't, they, they want disease. They want to bring the population down. The, the whole genetic push is to create new kinds of uh, specially designed more efficient humans like the Borg but they also want uh, a type that will be unable to think for themselves um, technically if you have the brain chip implanted and they've had the global meetings about this, it's ready to go and they had the first one at Loyola University in Louisiana the world science meeting with the top uh, biochemists there, the top uh, bioengineers in the field and the guy from Tokyo, the top uh, Japan, Japanese expert, said, and this was kicked off by Newt Gingrich and funded by the, the U.S. Department of Commerce, by the way, your tax money. And the one from Japan said, it says it would be no longer able, you'll be no longer able to think of it as an individual. It'd be impossible once this chip is implanted and it's ready to go, by the way. And now they have to just uh, simply indoctrinate the public that it's a good thing and get them to want it. And so they've started to put it into novels and books and movies as a great thing. So the youngsters are very impressed by it. But in reality, you will no longer be you. Um, you'll be programmable for any task. No matter what you've been trained to do, uh, you, could be, you could be downloaded overnight and be a surgeon the following day for a, for a few days and then a plumber the next. And they think this is a, a great thing to do. But that's not the end of it. Uh, eventually, they want to literally create from scratch a complete new servant class um, they won't have they'll be very efficient and very intelligent as far as being educable uh, but they'll be unable to reason or think for themselves and make personal decisions or even think I'm no, un no, unhappy we've, we've yeah. had on a, a number of, of different scientists in the fields of, of, of AI biotechnology nanotechnology and uh, I mean, right now they're talking about where they, where they, you know, have already made synthetic DNA, and they're trying to make synthetic embryos, and get to the point where, you know, some of them have actually emitted synthetic life forms that can do a number of tasks. And, yep. and you're absolutely right. This is here. This is not something that you'll, you know, uh, they can't create that synthetic life form just yet. But they, they plan to, and they're going towards that. That's the whole thing. And, and of course, they have to make, they have to make sure that uh, a good amount of us die off. And another thing that we haven't mentioned is that in order to, to uh, make sure that these people are happy in their servitude, as uh, Aldous Huxley likes to say a lot, we, they have to be some trinkets and baubles and a number of things that I've seen in technology, uh, uh, some of which have been holograms, you know, creating some sort of holodeck for people so they can uh, feel as if they go on vacation, although they're not going anywhere. And uh, and uh, some of these uh, BCI brain-computer interfaces that will uh, just change their minds completely and rearrange their minds to the point that they think everything is wonderful, and although they're living in hell. Well, even the BBC did a documentary, and this is why the push is on for virtual reality.
and and of course Microsoft's got different levels of departments working on different uh, types of interfacing the human brain uh, with the computer. And one of the lower levels, they've got a little ring you put around your head uh, that's coming out shortly, and they'll inter interface with the computer to give you the sense of being in uh, the virtual reality scenario. You'll have a feeling of presence. And on a much higher level, they've already got it built into the rim of the screen, and so you won't need uh, one on your head at all. But, of course, we know it's all gearing us step by step, like the mice traps. Uh, as I say in, in marketing, you put a mousetrap out there and you step into it and then, then it, it doesn't trip so they give you a better one and you think that's safe too and that doesn't trip but once you're in the third one it trips and you're, you're, you're caught that's, what, that's how they discuss the public they call it a better mousetrap and that's what the internet is for it's not for our benefit the internet has enabled them to get the greatest amount of data collection on every single one of us all the viruses and trojans that were collecting all your address book members and so on was to find out your circle of friends then they analyze them to see if they have a similar mind as your set, yourself and then they, they categorize you and subcategorize you and so on because knowledge is power because in a, a world of totalitarianism then everybody, every subject must be completely predictable they must know everything about you but yes, the brain chip is ultimately the goal and, and then when the brain chip's on the way, one population will work very well for them, but, and then, then hopefully they think they'll come out with the new types of specifically uh, ideal designed creatures to serve them better. Oh, yeah, and, and that's why Mike and myself, I mean, we really do get into the nuts and bolts of all this technology, and we cover a lot of news on this show that is directly uh, uh, related to what we're talking about and actually documenting it because, you know, this is this technology is, is coming out mainstream. I mean, we have no idea what they actually have, uh, but the admitted technology, the neural interfaces, the cybernetic uh, neural implants, I mean, they're there. And, you know, from all the, the different researchers that we've talked to, futurists, transhumanist uh, types, they um, they believe in this. They believe it's a religion, uh, almost, yes. in that we have to use this. But uh, hold on a second there, Alan. We do have a call on the line. Caller, you're on the Intel strike with Alan Watt. Hello, gentlemen. This is Mark in Wisconsin. Hey, uh, recently hey, I downloaded some... Uh, some talks from the master mason Manley P. Hall, and I, I think that he was talking to the profane, the uninitiated, you know, third-degree masons and below. And uh, he spoke about what a mess finance was, what a mess science was, what a mess industrialization was. And uh, he he finally, at the end of the at the end of each of these talks, he said, "What we need to do." is give all the power to the to the real thinkers and it, it it seems to me that the real thinkers are are the recipients the ones who are who are making all the money off of all this mess to begin with and his answer is to centralize more when we can see that centralization right now in in just about everything going on i mean as far as food as far as uh industry as far as science and finance the more it gets centralized, the more messed up it is. So he's leading his fellow Masons down this path of destruction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you read the old Masonic books, they're identical to the Communist Manifesto. And Albert Pike promoted the same things, end of private property, etc., etc. And Pike made no bones about it. It's a pun, no bones, but he made no bones about the fact. He said that, that uh, an intellectual elite 
uh, should be able to guide the world? Why should you have to go along with the same rules that, that were, for, were used for everyone else, the lesser types? And that's been an, an old um, religion for an awful long time. Uh, we've had, in fact, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, remember, is called the Rite of Perfection. You'll find the same Rite of Perfection going back to the Albigensians and, and the Cathars in the Middle Ages, this group that paralleled the Catholic Church at the time, and uh, they had uh, two categories, the ordinary people, uh, but they also had the, the perfecti that ruled over them, and the perfecti could do anything that they wanted, that they were, that reached godlike status, and therefore the rules that they made for the lessers no longer applied to them. Well, this is the same right, actually, it's gone down through the, through the centuries, and Manly P. Hall also said uh, that... Um, they should bring the world together in a, in a form of global interdependence. He wrote that in the 1930s, long before it was used by the United Nations. Yeah. Right, right. He also said that our children need to be indoctrinated into a global system at a mm. very early age. Yeah. He also said that uh, they needed to set up schools for politicians, for yeah. the real thinkers. That's right. Margaret um, Thatcher, Margaret yeah, Thatcher... And, and we're seeing it. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher said the exact same thing in the 1970s because they started to publicly fund the private school system the Ivy League types in Britain and the reason that she said they needed public funds apart from soaring cost of tuition for them she says this is where our leadership classes come from she says uh, we must keep them at all costs they will be the new future leaders of, of uh, corporations uh, governments and, and parliaments and bureaucracies and they must all meet each other in the same classrooms and grow up together because they will all be uh, they all know each other then by the time they're in the, the business world she was just quite blatant about it yeah so, so right now, basically, he's talking about just the lifting curtain on the oligarchy that already exists. Exactly, exactly. And again, uh, you'll find the same thing with Huxley, um, Professor Carl Quigley, and Lord Bertrand Russell. Lord Bertrand Russell says we are introducing a system of scientific indoctrination in the 1950s with the use of Madison Avenue, he said, and that marketing ideas into the brains of the public using all the scientific techniques of radio and television to do so. And he says the public, the public will be unable to, to know where their opinion, how their opinions are arrived at. They will be unable to even figure that out. And that's happened. And he also said, he said that they'll be unable to do anything without the advice of an expert. We shall train them. They need experts to tell them what to do. That's happened too. Yeah. And, and people see that every night on the news. I mean, they give you the news, and then they give you these professionals who interpret the news for you. Yes. Thank you very much, but I don't need an interpretation of the news. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, I, I can understand these things myself. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even on the, the weather forecast, uh, even on the weather forecast, uh, I've noticed... Uh, they bring an expert on to tell you what to wear that day in case it rains. I mean, they, they, they have stopped us from, from thinking for ourselves. And some, unfortunately, a lot of people need that now because they can't think for themselves. Right, right. And uh, I wanted to mention uh, one other thing. Um, uh, a very good friend of mine from California, she told me to check into chemtrails. Initially, I was skeptical. But I'm here in Madison, Wisconsin, and I know they sprayed all last night and early into the morning mm -hmm. today. And, and I did a little research, and they're spraying fly ash, which is uh, 
coal dust, and, and, it, and it contains aluminum particles, which every scientist knows causes Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. interrupts brain function. Yep. So I'm, I'm not. Maybe they found a dual purpose. There's more. There's, there's more. You, you should go in, and as well as dumb down the population. You should go into my website because I did a talk on that a blurb. The last blurb I did. It's not just. Uh, we know there's, there's cadmium. There's aluminum oxide. There's a whole. There's barium in it. We know that. We've had it tested. It's also been on television. The television things on my site as well. And uh, but they're also adding tranquilizing mixes. They call them calmatives to it. So there's a form of sedatives to tranquilize the public through these major changes. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and as, as, far as, as, as far as solutions go, I heard you bring this up uh, once before, uh, Alan. Um, we, need, we need to uh, talk to our police uh, and, and military and let them know what's going on because they, they are going to need to take people from our own populations to use against us. That's right. And if, if, if we get these people involved and let them know what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps we can head this off. Yeah, we, we also have to set up organizations. We have to set up organizations to, to deprogram these people and make a public noise about it. That we have these organizations, just like COMA did for people who were, were members of cults. We've got to start realizing that we should, have, we should start publicizing this and start deprogramming deep programming the, the police and the military who've had incredible indoctrination you know uh, they, they truly have that they're made completely paranoid about the public with the special talks and lectures they get every other week from these experts again that come round and, and discuss the coming agenda with them they, uh, they are paranoid about the public but they also have a scientific bonding technique used on them now to be another fraternity, a close brotherhood fraternity. So we've got to start um, deprogramming them very quickly because we breed, we breed the, the, the cannon fodder at the bottom that's always used on the public. They come from our classes. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we, we have so much more information uh, coming up after the break here. Uh, this is Alan Watt uh, from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, also a radio show host on RBN. And uh, after the after this segment, uh, we'll be really getting into uh, uh, some of this some of this information. Really, that uh, the the way he's presenting it to you is is from a perspective where you take that information, you look it up, and you share it with your friends uh, because. We're all living in this neo-feudalistic society that they're building for us, and uh, it is we that must get out of it. And uh, that is uh, the first and foremost thing that we need to do, and we need to make other people aware of of that they're living in it. And even if they don't want to uh, to uh, to see it, uh, ignorance is not bliss. But uh, nevertheless, uh, this is the Intel Strike Report, uh, and we'll be back after these commercial messages. Stay tuned.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Intel Strike Report right here on the TruthNet Radio Network. If you'd like to join Mr. Watt, Michael, and myself on air, you can give us a call, 1-800-451-1567. You can also join us in the TruthNet Radio chat room. This is an interactive show. You can ask questions directly from the, the chat room as well. If you, if you have a little stage fright and you don't want to call in, go to truthnetradio.com, and there's a link that says chat. All you have to do is pick yourself a username and come on in and join the discussion. And Mike and myself try to pay attention to it during uh, the uh, offs and ons. So uh, uh, we will definitely get to it and ask Mr. Watt if you would... Uh, you would like. So the caller beforehand, uh, Mr. Watt, mentioned chemtrails. And chemtrails, there has been a lot of uh, news lately about them. You were talking about KLSA, uh, talking about uh, in uh, uh, Louisiana, actually barium, putting barium in them and actually spraying it across the uh, skies in Louisiana. I mean, this is all coming to light now. And I actually was looking during the break at a Navy uh, document where they're actually calling for using uh, weather control to disrupt economies as a, yeah. a weapon for war. So let's just flush it out a little bit because I think a lot of people are confused about chemtrails and there's so many different aspects they're using uh, these things and so many different chemicals that they're spraying in the sky for so yeah. many different reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, it, actually, it, it's not so uh, disjointed, really. Um, these guys get a big bang for their bucks, and they, they accomplish a lot of tasks at the same time. Uh, number one, it broke out heavily in '98, and we've been sprayed constantly since '98 across the planet. Uh, Japan and China now are getting sprayed over the last year or so. Uh, India is getting sprayed, southern India. Uh, this is in Australia, New Zealand. It's all over. I get photographs every day from all over the planet, and um, so it's a worldwide agenda. And we can go back to Zygmunt Brzezinski in his book uh, Between Two Ages, and in there is a chapter called uh, the Technotronic Era, and he said in that chapter that new techniques in science will control the minds of the public without them being aware of it. If we jump from there uh, to the HARP-type technology with, with, with ELF frequency pulsations, um, it, was, it was first brought up by uh, Tesla, um, who came up with the H-bomb. He also wanted to spray the skies with metallic particles, then use uh, ELF pulses through it, because it would affect the, the moods and the minds of the public. Now, we know that in the 1970s, the United Nations had an agreement, uh, a treaty um, signed by the U.S. and Britain and other countries to do with weather warfare. And in that treaty, they said they had the capacity then to create famines, floods, earthquakes, tsunamis, and so on, all with HARP-type technology, which can work on its own, but it's more effective if you were to spray the skies with with, uh, metallic particles if we then couple that with a statement made by Rumsfeld after 9-11 when he was asked what will they do if another major strike happens on a major city in the U.S., how will they control the public? He said we have aerosolized Prozac and Valium ready to spray on the public to calm them down. And then it, it hit me when he said it because they were already spraying the skies. I thought, my God, they're actually doing it. Because part of the side effect you'll find, apart from the, the coughing and the bronchitis, it won't go away, uh, is 
is um, uh, tremendous fatigue that people feel when they're being sprayed. Tremendous fatigue hits them. And, uh, and then when they stop spraying for a few days, you'll notice they get anxious and irritable. That's something else many of us have noticed. And that happens when you're going through withdrawal from a particular drug. Once you start spraying again, it goes up in your blood level and you're back to being sort of laid back and, and couldn't care less again. So we, they're using all of this uh, on us right now. Remember, this is a hundred years war that's been declared at the top, and they mean a war. And they will use everything at their command to bring us through a hundred years into this brave new world scenario where nothing in a hundred years will be anything remotely uh, associated with the life of today. They're using yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people, they, they don't realize that right now, I mean, this is something that just blew me away. USA Today is actually talking about uh, seeding clouds. Uh, they're doing this all over the Midwest and actually getting a... Um, getting different permission from governments to, to seed clouds with silver iodine. And this is some of the most, uh, I guess, uh, less disastrous chemicals that they're actually putting into the atmosphere. But when you get into barium, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but they can act, they actually use barium with the X-Class radar system to actually track, yes. track movements and get topographical imagery. So this is multifaceted. And there's, you know, when you, you look up in the sky and you see a plane spraying something, it's obviously not a contrail. It's really hard to tell because you have all sorts of weather warriors out there. You have, uh, uh, atmosphere, uh, uh, geoengineering going on by scientists. All of this technology is, and science is unregulated, even here in the United States. But, um, let's just go to San Francisco. They have an untested, uh, Pesticide that they are spraying, they will be spraying, that is, has a residue of 90 days that will actually stick to uh, everything it's sprayed on, and it's a, a pheromone to, to stop the apple mats. So, you know, I, I, I used to really wonder about uh, these chemtrails and kind of took them with a grain of salt myself personally. But, you know, just look to the sky. And, you know, I don't know all the science behind it. Maybe you do as far as, you know, being able to determine what they're spraying. But they are spraying, and a lot of it. And, you know, FOIA requests keep coming out by all of these different environmental groups uh, just pointing out that, yes, they've been doing this. Uh, you know, the Ho Chi Minh Trail during Vietnam, uh, they, they're proud to say it now, and it's part of the record. You can find it in the NSA archive that um, – they were actually flooding out the Ho Chi Minh Trail. I mean, seed clouding technology is is really, really old. It's just this is now becoming passe. It's just like yeah. a lot of these things are really starting to unveil this technology to us. Mm-hmm. But, but I really do think, though, as, as I've had it analyzed here, I've had it, the stuff analyzed here, even when I had yellow rain, just like they had in California at one point, and um, uh, there was cadmium in there as well. And cadmium is highly carcinogenic, and so is, of course, aluminum oxide. Uh, Never mind, as I say, the tranquilizing stuff uh, that's in there, that's definitely in there, too. They're using tranquilizing agencies on the general public as they bring us through one crisis after another to make us more um, manageable. Almost definitely the, 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 uh, it sort of begs the question that okay we know that uh, you know in in uh, Brave New World they had a aerosolized version of Soma that uh, every now and then when a riot would break out the the yeah. police would uh, would uh, shoot the Soma up in the air and calm everyone down 
you know, are are we going to need to be calmed down when when something catastrophic happens, uh, such as? It's happened. I, I read I, in the Malice blurb from a Department of Defense article on, on all these subjects we're talking about right now, including the aerosolized calmatives, as they call it. I read off all the list of the tranquilizing agents they have ready to, to use on the public, and mass riots and so on. I'm yeah, sure I mean, and, and, and you know, if we're having, uh, you know, like a food riot right now, which is happening in, in different countries right now, uh, the American people or, or people around the world and, and sort of these so-called first world countries are not prepared to deal with certain scenarios. And, and, and if these things present themselves, uh, then some people will just lose their minds because they yeah. cannot get their get their minds around the reality of what's really going on. And of course, that's what all the wonderful uh, FEMA camps and things like that are, are are made for. But but you're right; they're going to have to bring us some sort of soma. But then again, you know, two million children are on some sort of psychotropic drugs, so we're we're already on it to some degree. There's no doubt about it. Uh, see, the thing is, in the Great Depression, when you had the Dust Bowl and tremendous uh, famine to an extent too never mind the, the coin game with the money situation um, because we all know it was manufactured and planned that way but, but the people still had a, a bonding culture a common culture where they could help each other out they didn't riot against each other and now that's been destroyed even the family unit's been destroyed which is exactly what big government said they'd love to do uh, they want to talk right down to you as an individual with no one to stand up uh, around you. And that's happened. And, and that's, that's counter to our own survival in crisis times because the public don't know anymore how to cooperate together for their own survival. That is very true. Well, the, uh, you mentioned uh, about the sort of uh, uh, hierarchy of the, of, the, of the new caste system. You know where where they turned the neighborhood watch, uh, citizens corps, etc. These these sort of groups that were you know at one time helpful now, they're now under homeland security now. So, yeah. so they're just a part of the new Stasi force. So you know if if things get out of control, your neighbor now who is you know at one time used to be just nosy and a pain, you know now she has government clout. You have to realize that that Lenin and Stalin who were the creators of the Soviet system. And Soviet means rule, rule by councils, but it also meant by organizations, NGOs, non-governmental organizations. And Children's Aid and all these organizations uh, blossomed in the West. The reason for it being the big think tanks that worked for the Western countries looked at the Soviet system, the great experiment number two. And the Club of Rome, for instance, one of the premier think tanks on this particular area, uh, wrote in the first global revolution the, the title of their book the founders wrote this that 30 years ago it looked around for something to bring the planet together and they said that only during warfare do, do people help each other out and come together and do what they're told and therefore they, they hit upon the idea of blaming the weather and blaming the public for altering the weather and that the reason that and that therefore the public would become the enemy to the planet and would have to be ruled by experts to save them. There's a complete admission right in there. And, and they also said that the Western countries favored the collectivist Soviet system as a better and easier way to rule the public. So it's a sort of a, 
several different layers of psychology that are being uh, somewhat embedded into our psyches now where where we're now the problem it's not an outside problem it's an inside problem and and uh, and essentially we are the problem that's correct it, it, therefore we'll have to do what we're told and under a collectivist system it's much easier for bureaucracies to deal with us individually and collectively uh, rather than a, a system where you think you have free individual rights and so on that's out the window today and, and again Lenin and Stalin said by the creation of services in the western countries by that children's aid even police services started up as services remember now they're called enforcers uh, he said they'll come in under a, a very um, helpful guise but eventually will become authorities over the public well that's been done Matter, matter of fact, on the subject of think tanks, and I've only heard you and a, a couple others uh, really talk about uh, the the, uh, uh, the Royal International, uh, uh, the R I R uh, R A A I uh, Royal Institute of International uh, Affairs in the Chatham House, and and how our, our governments don't come up with any ideas for themselves, but these these think tanks. Essentially, uh, get their marching orders uh, from the, the ruling elite, and tell the government and and and, and sort of uh, run it all out, uh, the ideas and run them through, and then give them uh, the ideas, and then our governments run run with them. Uh, it's it's, it's more almost than like that. It's, it's even it's even beyond that. At one time, that's how it was, but uh, in 2005, the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And royal means royal. You, you can't use the word royal without it being uh, okayed and chartered by the British Crown, which is an unelected, non-democratic body, remember. And the CFR is the American branch of it. And for the first time in 2005, they came on national television in Canada as the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, as a committee, admitting that they drafted up the amalgamation for the Americas for all governments to sign. So, so this non-political, uh, non, uh, non-democratic, non-elected body, uh, this private group, drafted up the very bills that, that the prime ministers of Mexico and Canada and the president of the United States signed into law. And they have drafted up every other bill that they're signing, one per year up until 2010, until it's complete. They also boasted in their own books that they were behind the amalgamation of the of Europe, and their members in Australia and New Zealand primarily are behind uh, the amalgamation of the Pacific Rim region. Uh, so this goes back to Britain once again, a very long-term strategy, intergenerational, and uh, it's very easy, as Carl Quigley said, to, to make these agendas occur because we think in short-term planning, their lives are fairly short, but it says institutions can last for hundreds of years, and each one, when it's set up with a specific mandate, can hire, uh, work, and retire, and hire again for generations and pull off their initial uh, manifesto. They can make it happen, make it into, make it come into being. That's how it works, you see. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, uh, uh, you know, another example is that uh, the CFR wrote the Homeland Defense Bill. Years before 9/11, yeah. and it's like they came up with it overnight. Like, oh, here it is. Here's the, you know, here's the Patriot Act. Oh, you know, here's the Homeland Defense Act. Here's all. It's 
it's right here for you. It's like, did they write that? No, they did not write that, people. The uh, uh, Your government is not being run by the people that you think it is. But we'll get into that and a whole lot more on the other side. This is the Intel Strike Report with Alan Watt. Stay tuned. Money from my hand while his eyes take a walk all over the Ask me to check it, smiles and whispers good luck Well, cuddle up angel, cuddle up my little dog Powered by freedom, liberty, and the truth This is TruthNet Radio You can listen to the engine moaning out his one note song You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before But your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do When you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing much to do And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through mm. Final segment with Alan Watt Intel Strike Report, Intel Strike Report on the Truth Net Radio Network And uh, we've all gotten ed- education here I want to thank Alan Watt for coming on And uh, in the final final segment We've uh, we've really talked about think tanks But I, I want to flesh this out a bit And so people can understand where these governmental policies really come from. Mm-hmm. Well, as I say, a long time ago, an awful long time ago, they were having meetings in Europe from the 1700s, in fact, on on amalgamations of power. And you got to understand that even then, uh, since the 1500s, um, big corporations were already underway for the first time. Make call them international corporations like the British East India Company, the Dutch East India Company, and various other ones. And they realized that the time would come where they'd all amalgamate, they'd have to amalgamate or have ongoing wars. And uh, they were discussing at that time how they could control a world population 200 years ago and the problems they were likely to face. And so they set up uh, as I say, this, this real government, uh, democracy never existed. It was a front from the beginning because they knew that, that the top through studies that every four or five years there would be riots from the public or, or revolutions. So they gave us the, the ability to vote every four or five years and that way it, it put off or postponed revolutions. We don't vote new people in. We vote the old ones out. That's what you do in a democracy. You're so sick of them and you just simply vote them, them out and then hope for the best with the next bunch. It's a con game, but the elite never disappeared, and they never stopped working with their own uh, circles, as they call them, their own circle of friends. And it, they formed these front foundations, big foundations, that would have the appearance of being charitable organizations and tax-exempt. Um, in, in the States, you have the Ford and the Carnegie and the Rockefeller, and, and many others all working together. And sometimes the board members of one are also the board members of another. 
and they have the, 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 the non-governmental organizations, well-funded non-governmental organizations, which they set up, in fact, and, and finance. They have pension plans, they have office towers, and all the rest of it, these supposed non-governmental organizations, who then lobby on behalf, supposedly, of the public, and demand that the government pass certain laws on this and that. The government then steps in and plays its part and says, we're happy you asked for this, we've got a bill ready to go. This is how the con game works. So the elite actually rule the world through foundations and the funding from thereof uh, that go to the non-governmental organizations that have some sort of semi-official standing now simply because they've been around for a long time, but they're non-elected. This system we live in is not a democratic system by any, any, any means at all, any shades of, of grey or whatever. It's non-democratic. It's a con game to bring the elite's view of the world into being. That's what it's all about. Yeah, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, if you elect one person in there... And, and and they think that that will change the world. You know, we put one Ron Paul in, and and, and uh, overnight the world will change. And and uh, we had this fascination with uh, with uh, being a, a very very speedy and a speedy process to change the world. But that's not going to happen. I mean, even if we get uh, to any sort of stretched imagination to the point where uh, where we can take down these these structures of of influence. Uh, you may be uh, not you, but uh, you know our listeners may be very surprised by uh, some of the people that we'll see as as we take down these these things piece by piece. And in the final segment here, I do want to talk a little bit about solutions. And we talked about food, transportation, uh, uh, you know, mass druggings and such. Um, how do we really sort of take this country back? It, it, it just—it's just not going to happen with some guy with a 357. It's just not going to happen if you—if you put some congressman in, and it's not going to happen if you put a president in. A president is essentially just a, a, a sock puppet, a, a meat puppet, a, a marionette for for the uh, for the global elite. How is this really going to change? I, I think all we can do. Is, is, is educate and prepare for the worst because we're going to go through hell. But I've no doubt about that at all. As you say, one man or even a group of people uh, are not going to be allowed to change the course of, of these incredibly numerous elite organizations. Nothing is going to stop them. They won't let anybody stand in their way. All we can do is expose the whole con game of it, educate ourselves, prepare for the worst, and uh, be in the right places, hopefully, uh, to come through the worst of it, and at the same time, rather than hit them head on, see, these are the masters of war. You can't fight uh, big, high-technology, advanced science with pop guns. You cannot do it. And you have to realize that these characters have prepared for this for an awful long time. And they have weapons they haven't even used on the public yet. They can knock whole cities out. So you can't fight them. They'd love you to hit them head on. Say they're the masters of war. They've had thousands of years of this chess game. You have to try and deflect it from their agenda to some other direction, which will be scary too because you don't know what the outcome will be. But I, I think it's worth taking the risk and retaining our individual abilities to think and reason for ourselves 
because we know if we go along with them where they're going to take us, which is a form of total uh, annihilation. It's almost like the imprisonment of the soul, you might say, or the destruction of the soul. It's not happy that they own your body. They want to destroy the soul within. And therefore, we have to deflect off in a different direction. But we will go through hell on the way. There's no doubt about this at all. These guys are ruthless at the top. They've been doing things to the public which are... Uh, there's no tyrant in history ever been accused of that even had the ability to do what they've been doing with us through the inoculations, through the poisoning, and so on. Uh, we're dealing with mass murderers here who are cold, very calm, very sophisticated, they might even be very nice and generous to you on a one-to-one -one basis, but they're <laughs> psychopathic inbreds nonetheless. And, and we're dealing with utter ruthlessness in a, a very cunning fashion. Uh, make no mistake about that. Uh, these guys will not back off. And they also, through their think tank scenarios, uh, constantly play war games. And they've already done one on the food crisis, by the way. They did it in 2002 in the United States, a whole um, internet uh, war game at the Pentagon to find out where the riots would break out, how to deal with them and all the rest of it. So you've got to remember, they will be ready for what you think is the obvious type of retaliation. You can't go that way. They're ready for it. You have to go a different route, and you have to start bonding. And see, we've already been under attack. As I say, the family unit's almost gone. And people don't know how to bond together uh, and that was part of their war, long-term warfare strategy to destroy that part of it. Those who have the ability to get out of cities would have to do so because in a city, you're totally dependent upon the system within the city. You have no means to survive uh, independently in a city, at least if you're outside the cities. And if you can live uh, on very little and, and take a bit of what some people think is hardship, um, Personally, I think it's peace and quiet. Uh, you, exactly. can, you, you certainly will live a lot longer. And prepare by collecting the foods and so on and the dried goods, etc. You, you need to get through the hard times, which you know are coming. Food and water will be used as a weapon. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, and I, I thank you for coming on the program, and I know you do a full-time show uh, three days a week, so thanks for coming on the program and, and really uh, getting down to the bone on some of these issues and and letting people know what, what they're facing. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, uh, just before, before uh, uh, give out some websites and some information so they can find out more about Alan Watt and how to cut through that matrix. Yeah, going to the previous talks, there's lots of data and documents I've read off and so on. You'll find them at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and you can go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts too in different languages of Europe. Well, thanks for coming on the program, and thanks for taking the time out with us, and, and it has been a pleasure. Thanks for having okay. me. All right, there goes Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Man, it's just a book of knowledge, Mike. You know, the, you look at all the news that we cover on a day-to-day -day basis, and he has hit all of the... Uh, the topics that we go through day to day. I mean, when we talk about the technology, the enslavement grid, um, you know, he just gave you, we just got a two hour rundown on, on the agenda and uh, where, you know, he sees uh, a lot of this going. And, and I have to agree. And I think that we need to flush out a lot of this information for the listeners because 
too many of us, even in the patriot movement and the truth movement, whatever you want to call it, the alternative media, are still in this paralysis phase. And I know it's almost becoming a cliche, and I say it all the time. Uh, you definitely know what's coming. People have the the uh, insight listening to shows like this uh, as to what's coming because we bring you the the talk from the think tanks from the Club of Rome, uh, from the military-industrial uh, complex center, uh, so that you can gauge how much time that we do have. And I think that's why Mike and myself cover a lot of the technology, uh, because uh, you know the, that is the infrastructure that they have to have in place before a lot of these agendas will go forward. But you know there is no time to spare, my friends. If you are still thinking about preparing, uh, you know. You, you should have been doing it for a long time ago, uh, you know. And, I, and all of us, you know, I'm, my, my, I myself am sometimes a procrastinator. And uh, just recently, I've really been putting this thing in the full swing. Uh, food will be used as a weapon, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think what was really, really important is that he made you understand that your government doesn't come up with squat. They make no, they make no plans. Everything is given them, given to them on a platter by these these non-governmental organizations and think tanks and such. They, they, they are your government is useless. They have abandoned you and they have failed you time after time. And they will be the last people you see on this earth. And they are the ones who want to live well and want you. Uh, essentially to live in a compact city and to to work for a food ration and and we've gone through all of that information and uh, actually myself I'm going to re-listen to the podcast and and take down a few notes because he broke down some information and uh, a, a bit of it that I didn't even know about so but this is the information that we have given you and, and he took the time out to, to, to give it to you and I think you should uh, go to intelstrikereport.com after the show and uh, check out the podcast and uh, go to his website and read some of those transcripts I mean uh, we're in dire straits ladies and gentlemen and we need to work it out alright everybody stay tuned Lee Rogers is coming up next right here on the Truth Net Radio Network with a live free or die radio show stay tuned we'll see you guys tomorrow have a great evening <laughs>